You are locked on Packers. I feel like we can run the table. We really do. Your daily Green Bay Packers podcast. Rodgers gets out. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Floats it. Your team. Oh, every day. Touchdown. You are locked on Packers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. I'm Peter Bukowski and I cover the Packers for SB Nation and Packer Report. I cover the NFL around the internet. You can follow me on Twitter at Peter underscore Bukowski. Follow the podcast on Twitter at Locked on Packers. Like us on Facebook. Subscribe to the podcast, iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, wherever you find podcasts. You will find Locked on Packers, the number one Packers podcast on the internet and the show for fans who know what happened. They want to know why and how. Also check me out on Locked on Today, our daily all sports show, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, all the sports you need to know in under 20 minutes. Today on the show, we are going to talk about the 10 most pivotal Packers for the 2021 season. And I don't think number one is going to be a mystery, but let's start in reverse order because number 10, I think, might surprise you. At 10, I have. A.J. Dillon. And the reason I have A.J. Dillon is because in four seasons, Aaron Jones has played 16 games once. He has started more than eight games twice. Now, the rookie season was part injuries, part Mike McCarthy. You can probably say the same for his second season. In 2019, he stayed healthy for all 16 games. And last year, he played in 14 out of 16 games. Aaron Jones is a, a franchise back, but he's five foot nine. He's 208 pounds, and you want to save him. You want him to be at his best in January. And you also, of course, want A.J. Dillon to have fresh legs in January and December. But you also want to save Aaron Jones for the passing situations if you can. And I think we're going to see A.J. Dillon take a much bigger role in this offense than we saw Jamal Williams take. And part of that is talent. You know, he, he is a second round pick for a reason. Part of that is fit. I think schematically, he, he you know, the fact that we saw him running wheel routes in OTAs and minicamps and Jordan Love hit him on a couple of them. That part of his game, I think, is evolving. And it's something that the Packers are going to need. But I think it's also something that they're going to see with him on the field with Aaron Jones. He is his his elevation into a bigger role in this offense is going to be a reason for optimism in terms of okay, they were the number one offense in the league last year. Regardless of who's under center, you are going to need AJ Dillon to be at least as good as Jamal Williams, if not better for this offense to maintain its course. And speaking of players who this offense will need to be just as good, if not better, than the guys that were playing last year, I I cheated a little bit with nine. I have Josiah DeGuara and Jay Sternberger. Green Bay needs one of those guys. And I don't even need is probably even too strong. It would be great for one of those guys to pop. If one of those guys pops, then you that helps stave off offensive regression. They're, they're going to regress on some level offensively. But do they go from the best offense in football to like the third best offense in football? Or are they the best offense in football to like the 13th 
offense in football. Part of that is going to be, of course, who's under center. But if we assume Aaron Rodgers is the quarterback, then it would be really nice to be able to get one of these guys to be a factor. It's great to have Mercedes Lewis out there. He's so reliable. Rodgers loves throwing the ball to him. He is such a good blocker, such a versatile player, but he offers so little in terms of explosiveness in the passing game that having him out there is closer to having an extra offensive lineman than it is having an extra receiver. Now, having an extra offensive lineman is really, really, really valuable. And in the red zone, when they can scheme up stuff for him, awesome. And he made a handful of plays last year that, you know, you go, oh, yeah, that's right. In his prime, that guy was really, really good. And, you know, he had a touchdown against the Saints where he went up and and made an adjustment on the ball, mossed a defender, and scored a touchdown. You're not going to ask him to do that consistently, but he can still do it. Now, someone like DeGuara, someone like Sternberger, if you're able to get something from them vertically to go along with Big Bob Tunyon, that makes your offense so much harder to defend. It makes them so much scarier because you can play big and still create down the field. When you had Devontae Adams out there, he's not on this list, by the way, because we know what we're getting. We know what we're going to see from Devontae Adams week in and week out. When I'm talking about pivotal players, I'm talking about the guys whose performance, positive or negative, could swing the season. So like, you know, Devontae Adams, Jair Alexander, David Bakhtiari, I think he's going to be back and be back early. We know those guys are really good. Elton Jenkins, them being bad would obviously be bad, but... You know, we're sort of counting on that. We have to we have to take that for granted as part of this exercise. And maybe we shouldn't. But I'm talking about guys who, if they play well, if they pop a little bit, if they take a little bit of a step, you know, them in the role that they're going to have, if they play well, it is going to be a value add for the Packers relative to what we we saw last year. So at number eight, I have Billy Turner. And part of the reason I have Turner is, you know, year one was fine. Year two was really good. With all of this uncertainty, you know, he didn't play well in the NFC Championship game. Okay, a lot of guys didn't. But with all this uncertainty at the offensive line, is David Bakhtiari going to be ready? Who's going to play right guard? Are you going to have two rookie starters along the offensive line? You need Billy Turner to be a dude. You need him to be a certified dude. And I don't mean he needs to be a Pro Bowl player. You just, he has to be the kind of player where you just don't worry about it. You just don't worry about it. He's he's Mark Tauscher. He he just, you know what you're getting week in and week out. And they need him in these big games to play a little bit better. He did not play well in the NFC Championship game. He was a big reason why Aaron Rodgers was under constant siege because Billy Turner, not a left tackle, was a quality right guard and a very good right tackle last year. Just not going to be your left tackle, especially when you've got a guy on the other side who also can be teed off on if you've got really good premier pass rushers. Now, most teams are not going to be able to stress the Packers that way, but some teams will. And so you need to get something good from him and he needs to be the kind of player where you just 
Yeah, Billy Turner is going to show up. He's going to be that guy every week. That's what you need from Billy Turner. Seven is sort of the opposite type player. Rashawn Gary is seven. If Rashawn Gary is the guy that they're talking about in camp, the guy that Bill Huber called the best player on the field in OTAs, I mean, the best player on the field on a team that has Zadarius Smith, Aaron Jones, Devontae Adams, J.R. Alexander, Rashawn Gary was the best player on the field, according to Bill. His talent says he can be that in an NFL game. His physical gifts say he can be that. If he takes that step and he improves from what we saw last year and keeps up that incremental progress, and I expect him to have even a bigger role, I expect he's going to be the down-to-down starter in 2021. You save Preston Smith a little bit. That improves your run defense. It potentially improves your pass rush. And now you've got a stud in Zadarius Smith and a player who has stud potential in Rashawn Gary. Again, that can lift your run game defense. It can lift your passing game defense. And I also think there is a hidden benefit of his effort and energy. The fact that he is busting his ass Every single snap, he is playing 100 miles an hour with his hair on fire. I think that stuff is meaningful because the Packers already have a guy like that, Jair Alexander, who is going 100 miles an hour. He plays with that edge, that swagger. Darnell Savage plays with that edge, that swagger. Zadarius Smith plays with it. Kevin King tries to play with it. He's just not quite good enough a player to have it translate into meaningful plays on a consistent basis. And that's, you know, that's unfortunate uh, for him. He's on this list a little bit later. If you can get Zadarius Smith on the field more and, and he takes that little bit of a jump, it improves your defense in multiple ways, potentially. And if you get, you know, a, a leap from Rashawn Gary, I think that could be the one position where you go, Okay, if that guy, you know, think about what the the defense was in 2019 when Preston Smith was an impact pass rusher. This defense was really good. They were a top 10 passing defense. And in the second half of last year, they were a top 10 passing defense because Rashawn Gary was playing more. That boosted Preston Smith's play. And I think if you if you mix those things together, all of a sudden your defense can be much much better than we saw for stretches in 2020. Today's episode is brought to you by Bet Online, the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Get all the latest news, odds, and info with all of your sports baseball, basketball, hockey, golf, fights. All of it is there at Bet Online. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore. This is your chance to get in on the game as the team preps for their run to the playoffs in baseball. We've got the NBA in. A, a playoff race. We've got the Stanley Cup playoffs going on. The Open Championship in golf is a couple weeks away. Head to the website or use your mobile device and sign up today and receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit when you use the promo code Locked On. That's a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit when you use the promo code Locked On. So number six is Marquez Valdez-Scantling. And the reason he's on this list at six is his play, his up and down play last year was vital to the Packers' success. And really, 
the drops I know are are part of the, the story for, for MVS. But look at the games they lost. You can't really point to MVS in those games as a reason they lost. They didn't lose because of an untimely drop against Tampa Bay in either game or against the Vikings. That's not why they lost. So his but but when they when they were cooking, when they were really playing well, he was a big reason why. You look at that opening weekend performance against Minnesota. I mean, he did not he had the bad drop and you just go, "Ugh." But he had two huge plays. I mean, huge plays. Now, the one game you can point to is the Indianapolis game. But he also had the monster catch to set up the game-tying field goal. So, yes, he has the fumble. They lose that game. I don't I don't really put that on MVS. It wasn't a drop and it wasn't a mental mistake. It was just someone made a great play. A defender made a great play, and that's going to happen. But, you know, he was huge in the win against Detroit in week 13. Six for six, 85 yards. He was huge in a game where they sort of slogged it out with Jacksonville. 149 yards and a touchdown and had a huge play that helped propel them forward in a game where they were just sort of grinding along. So did he have some some wonky performances? Yeah, sure. He had, a, he had a big game against Chicago in week 16. Did he have a drop? Sure. Did he, did he come back and have a monster play? Yeah, he did. And he was the best receiver on the field for the Packers in the NFC Championship game. If that's the version of Marquez Valdez-Scaling that you're going to get, the guy that is able to take advantage when so much attention is given to Devontae Adams... That guy can be really helpful to an offense, even with the drops. I mean, the guy led the league in yards per catch. This offense is designed to create big plays down the field, and he is the main guy just running by people, just running by people. That speed is so vital. It's going to be even more vital. You add Amari Rogers into this, and you can stretch the defense horizontally. Now you can stretch them vertically. I mean, that is that is such a luxury for an offense to have. And I don't think he gets enough credit for what he does for this offense. At number five is Kevin King. And, you know, I could cheat a little bit, put Eric Stokes here, Josh Jackson. But Kevin King's play, I mean, we, we know was part of the reason they lost the NFC Championship game, a big part. And he has been an underwhelming draft pick by any reasonable metric you want to use. So, is he good enough to hold off Eric Stokes? Is he good enough to hold off Josh Jackson? If he is, the defense is probably in pretty good shape. If he's not, then you have questions because rookies almost always struggle at the cornerback position. And we just haven't seen enough positive play from Josh Jackson in the regular season to feel really good about him stepping in. Now, 
what we saw last year, yeah, okay, if that's if that's the version of Josh Jackson that you're going to get, you're fine. You're fine. Honestly. And 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 like, you know, he he did the thing against the Bucks that that Kevin King probably should have done. And he interfered with Scotty Miller on a late, you know, pass into the end zone. Kevin King was just like blown right by by Scotty Miller. Didn't have a chance and and King should have grabbed him as Miller was running away from at the end of the half. The only thing that can beat you is get beat deep. Josh Jackson did get beat deep, but was able to recover the ball, was underthrown, et cetera, et cetera. I think Jackson just brings more to your team from a playmaking standpoint, from a tackling standpoint. I thought he looked much better last year. Um, and that's not saying much because it's a, it's a pretty low bar from what he was the year before. But if Kevin King is is bad enough that he's getting benched, then I think you have to you have to have some worries about this defense. Now that's why you drafted Josh Jackson. It's why you drafted um, Eric Stokes. But we can't be sure that those guys are ready. So if if King is good enough to hold those guys off, and I mean good enough, not yeah he's out there because you know the, his teammates like him and his coaches like him. No, he's good enough to hold those guys off. That has that has real positive impacts on this defense. And it's something that that, you know, if he's he doesn't have to be, you know, prime Deion Sanders. He just has to be fine. He just he has to just be not not kill them. I don't have a lot of faith that that's going to happen. I think that he's probably going to get hurt somewhere in the first eight weeks of the season. And Eric Stokes is going to come in and we're not going to see Kevin King again. That would be my prediction on what's going to happen. And and if if Stokes is good, that's fine. But but I, I I just knowing what I know about rookie corners, I have pretty serious concerns about that. All right, at number four, I have Josh Myers. Josh Myers will be the starting center. I, I I've seen no evidence in the the offseason process that would suggest anyone is really in contention to start at center, considering Jenkins is going to be a guard or a tackle. Uh, to start the season, they they don't seem that interested in playing him at center. So it's going to be Josh Myers' job to win. And it's going to be his job. And regardless of who the quarterback is, he has to play well. It's even more important that he play well if it's Jordan Love because you're going to need to rely on him to set protections and make sure everyone's lined up properly and all that stuff. But against you know with Aaron Rodgers, he's going to want to do a lot of the line of scrimmage. And, and Myers has to be ready for it, has to be ready to think quickly, to set protections, to get everyone where they need to be. This offensive line was really, really good last year, and they let arguably the best center in football walk. An elite center last season. And a big reason why this offense was so good is their offensive line was elite. I'm not saying he needs to be that, but Lindsley as a rookie was pretty good on an offensive line that was already pretty good. And so if Myers can just be pretty good, you know, a, a tick above solid, then this offensive line can can replicate most of its success, 85, 90% of its success from last year. And this offense should once again be really, really good. Today's episode is brought to you by Rock Auto. With the ever-increasing number of makes and models, it's now impossible for your local chain auto parts store to stock all the parts you need. Why endure often pointless or seemingly intimidating questions and wait while the person behind the counter orders the parts on their computer, choosing only the brands their warehouse happens to carry? 
You have computers with access to Rock Auto at home and in your pocket. Save time and money when using Rock Auto. Why choose to spend 30%, 50%, even 100% more for the same parts from a chain store or car dealership? Go explore their easy-to-use website today and find the solution for your auto parts. Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck and write locked on in their How Did You Hear About Us box so they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need at rockauto.com. Today's episode is brought to you by Built Bar. Built Bar is the best tasting protein bar ever. It's the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. Comes in nine delicious base flavors. Peanut butter brownie, double chocolate, salted caramel, mint brownie, coconut almond. They're awesome. And they also have these incredible limited time flavors that are just, they're just trying to outdo themselves, it seemed. And, And the grasshopper flavor that they sent me the other day. Oh my God goodness it is truly unbelievable and and they sent me a little box of them and every time i eat them i'm just like how did they do this because it's covered in chocolate it tastes delicious and yet it's low calorie it's low sugar it's high fiber and it's high protein i don't know how they did it but they did it so go check it out go to builtbar.com and use the promo code locks 15 to get 15 off your first order that's promo code locks 15 for 15 off at BuiltBar.com. Number three on the list, Darnell Savage. And I know this seems weird to have Savage this high because second half of the season, he was awesome. And if you just get that guy, yeah, every week, you just expect he's going to be really good. And, And I do think he's going to be really good. The reason he's this high, the reason he's above Kevin King is because this defense is designed not to give up big plays. It is designed so that you are not as vulnerable to mistakes at the cornerback position. And the reason is the safety play. So if you're getting elite safety play from Darnell Savage, I'm not going to say it doesn't matter what you're getting at the cornerback position because that's not true, but it matters less. This is something we've talked about a number of times this offseason. It just matters less. If, If Darnell Savage is the player that we saw in the second half of last year, then you you don't really worry about what's going on at corner. Especially because you know what Jair Alexander is capable of doing. And, and by next-gen stats, Shannon Sullivan was one of the best cover corner slots last year in the league. The pro football focus numbers don't exactly reflect that. Uh, but I, I still have faith in Shannon Sullivan to get it done. If Savage takes a little bit of a jump forward, just improves a little bit, if he improves incrementally 15%, 20%, and he just, you know, if the difference, if the only difference in, in Darnell Savage's season last year is that he catches the ball that that Chris Godwin caught on him deep down the field. I mean, they might they might be Super Bowl champs. So just think about how if he makes one or two more plays, you know, he was a little inconsistent last year tackling, especially early in the season, and they really unlocked his capabilities as a rover, as a robber. As someone who is is a playmaker closer to the line of scrimmage, you're going to see a lot of him spinning down from deep. You're going to see a lot of him playing a lot of deep middle. He can do it all. And if he is good, I don't want to say nothing else matters, but it certainly matters less what's going on at corner. Number two. Number two. Kenny Clark. Kenny Clark. If the Packers get 2019 
Kenny Clark, the guy who was, you know, outside of Aaron Donald, the most impactful interior defender in the league. The guy who was not just creating pressures, but creating sacks, who was an outstanding run defender, eating up blocks, penetrating and getting it living in opponent backfields. If they get that guy and and look, he's still a young player. He's still uh, ascending, I think. And he's still working on his body. Came in lean and mean. Hopefully that helps him stay a little bit healthier. He's going to play less on the nose. Hopefully that protects his body a little bit. And if he is that 2019 guy, this defense can be outstanding. Because that can, he controls so much up front. Starting with the run game, if he can be a, a space eater and a penetrator, that is sort of the basis of any run defense. You've got you've to maintain leverage. You've got to maintain gap integrity. And if you can, you got to blow up the holes. You have to try and create some chaos. And then as a pass rusher, if he can stay on the field in third down, or if you know he can be a first and second down pass rusher, that's so valuable. So teams can't just tee off on first down. Okay, you're, you've got your bigger people on the field, first and second down. That's when we're going to throw the ball. Well, not if Kenny Clark is out there destroying your center or your guard. I love the idea of him playing more three tech. Uh, and I, I, you know, I, I love the idea of moving him around a little bit more. I think he can have a really good season. And if he's 2019, Kenny Clark, that is as important to this defense as almost anything, because I think the fact that his play slipped last year contributed to Preston Smith's slip. It contributed to Zadarius Smith, not being as dominant as he was. And it contributed to the pass rush, not being as good. Contributed to a run defense that didn't really improve. And, and so, you know, I think all of that points me to a player who, if if he gets it going, he can be incredibly impactful on this defense. Last but not least, the quarterback position, Aaron Rodgers. Obviously, which one of them is on the field between Love and Rodgers is pivotal. I think we can expect if Rodgers is out there, he's going to play well. If he's going to play well. I said last year before the season, the Packers can, can be a really good team getting the 2019 version of Aaron Rodgers. They can be a Super Bowl team if he plays better than 2019. If he's doesn't, I said he didn't have to be an MVP for them to be a Super Bowl caliber team. They were a Super Bowl caliber team. And I I, I, I get so tired of hearing people say, well, they didn't go to a Super Bowl. Okay, great. They were a Super Bowl caliber team. They lost to the champions. Were the Chiefs not a Super Bowl caliber team because they lost to Tampa Bay? The Packers played Tampa much tougher than Kansas City did. But one of them was in the Super Bowl and one of them wasn't because one of them played Tampa Bay a game sooner. Was Green Bay the best team in the league last year? Maybe not. But they were a Super Bowl caliber team. It would not have required an MVP performance for them to be Super Bowl caliber. The same is true in 2021. Rodgers does not have to be 48 touchdowns, five interceptions to be a a really, really good player for the Packers and for them to be good enough to win it all. This roster is very good. And if some of the players we talked about are, are better than we've seen them or revert to form in the case of Kenny Clark, 
then Rodgers can do a little bit less. It just takes a little bit less, you know, off his plate. But the ceiling is still ultimately defined by the quarterback position. And if it's Jordan Love, you know, if if they get, uh, you know, uh, I'm trying to think of a high variance player that's not, you know, like Jameis Winston or Jay Cutler or someone like that. You know, if they get sort of Ryan Fitzpatrick play, the Dolphins really should have gone to the playoffs last year. You know, they, they, you know, you can win 10, 11 games with Ryan Fitzpatrick as your starter. Some high variance stuff. I think Jordan Love can be good in this offense. I don't know that that he can be a Super Bowl quarterback in year one. We've seen worse quarterbacks, I think, win Super Bowls. Trent Dilfer was a joke when, when the Ravens won, but that was with a historic defense. Graham doesn't have that. The ceiling of this team, as, as is the case with almost every team in the league, the ceiling is based on how well the quarterback plays. And so if Jordan Love plays, you know, to the height of reasonable expectations, he plays at the top end of reasonable expectations and you get the, the, the 12th best quarterback in the league, the 14th best quarterback in the league. I think, I think a, for a first round quarterback who had a year to sit and watch and now a full off season, basically as the presumed starter to come in with this offense and this group of players, you should be expecting productivity like Jimmy G. Like Jared Goff, like you know other other quarterbacks who may not be great, who have their flaws, but in this system looked much better. Nick Mullins won a bunch of games, or at least had the 49ers in a bunch of games that their defense gave away until that defense really turned around when they added Nick Bosa, Richard Sherman, etc. So ultimately, this team is dictated by the quarterback play. There is a version of this team that could win the Super Bowl with Jordan Love. I really do believe that. Is it likely? No. Would I predict it? No. Now, if if they have Aaron Rodgers, yeah, this team is good enough to win the Super Bowl. 100%. Absolutely no question they are. Would I predict it? I might. I really might. So, I mean, that's the, that's the difference. Yes, there is a path, albeit a long winding path for the Packers to win a Super Bowl with Jordan Love. That path is much more straightforward. It is much more likely with Aaron Rodgers. As the quarterback goes, so goes the Green Bay Packers. All right, we'll be back next week. We've got some player interviews to get to um, and and a couple I'm really, really excited about. So uh, we're going to have a good time talking to some guys about football and and hopefully more than football. I think that's something that's also important to me is getting to know these guys a little bit better for you um, to have a, a window into what they're like as people and, and off the field and all that stuff too. So follow me on Twitter, Peter underscore Bukowski. Follow the podcast on Twitter, Locked on Packers. Like us on Facebook. Subscribe to the podcast, iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, wherever you find podcasts, you will find Locked on Packers. And anytime you want to hit us up on the Locked on Packers fan hotline, you can do that. 920-341-3775 to stay Locked on Packers. Locked on Packers.